This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Jason the Chance here, of course. Uh, I had a big plan for the year-end episode. I was going to leave with some uh, really beautiful things uh, from the year, and um, turned out that this one, this bonus episode is going to be a little somber. Um, not throughout. It's really beautiful. I just wanted to honor a friend of mine, one of the best people I've ever met. Uh, I was so honored to have him on the podcast, not once, but twice. Uh, his name's Ryan Cook. Uh, I'm going to share with you uh, commercial free uh, his episodes. And hopefully, I know there is, I know there's so much beauty in what Ryan shared on this podcast and unfortunately he passed away uh, a few days ago and he's such an amazing person he leaves behind a an amazing wife um who much like Ryan they were they seemed just so right for each other because wherever they go the world seems to be a better place um so he sadly leaves behind a wife and a, uh, a stepson, also amazing young man, and uh, just a lot of beautiful love. And I really wanted to share Ryan's episode because you can hear the power of transformation. When I when when I hear things like people don't change, people can't change, people won't change, BS. Uh, Ryan is a prime example of how. A person can turn their life around from the depths of of anything for him it was addiction to building a beautiful life um i have so many wonderful memories of ryan of everything from joking around laughing bumping into him in church uh him taking my kids because he was a, a fishing guide professionally just loved it loved being out on the water loved fishing loved taking families and kids to get their first catch and you know, I was grateful to have had that opportunity with my children and there just wasn't enough of it. So I, I didn't know how else to honor my friend other than sharing his stories and triumphs here that hopefully the man that if you never met him, you, you would have just loved the guy. He had the, uh, the, the, a smile that lit up a room and, and these these wonderful, kind eyes. And uh, my favorite part, if you're not watching on on YouTube, but in this uh, in this this interview, he uh, he was out on the water so much that the the tan line from his glasses was in extremely evident. and it was just uh, just the beautiful things about the man. And I didn't want, uh, I wanted what I knew that he was, it was a man of service and of faith that his story, at least here, could uh, maybe help someone um, right now this time of year, just before New Year, when we're all trying to potentially make some changes, and hopefully you are. That's what I was going to talk about in the bonus episode, that you can do it, you can make changes, you, you, you can have a plan, and you can execute that plan, and if things go a little awry, you can get back on track. And to me, Ryan was an example of that, of hope, of genuine love, of genuine service, and of faith. And uh, (laughs) 
I am going to miss you very much, my friend. Here's a bonus episode with uh, the late and I say great Ryan Cook. Time to, t- time to skin the smoke wagon. That's a little tombstone for you. <laughs> no, I got it. It's all good. Uh, hey, the last time I saw you, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, my kids were pulling 13 fishes out of the lake when I was pulling zero. I, I do recall that. <laughs> I do remember that. We had a good time. Yeah, we did. That was fun, man. It was awesome. Uh, it's good to have you back on, man. And, you know, I wanted to have you back on because, A, uh, talking a lot more about opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. And B, you know, you've been in building an amazing life for yourself. And I think that's one of the important things. But uh, tell me this with your experience when you really confronted your opioid addiction and people you can go back, Ryan, well, I think you were like our fifth or eighth episode somewhere it was early on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the podcast. But I'm finding from people that I talk to, you know, alcoholics, I'm, you know, because I am. I'm dug into that a lot. Right. Definitely a lot of us. Uh, childhood trauma, there's a lot of research on our brains are a bit different than other people's brains, especially, you know, self-deprecation seems to be a natural part of it. Right. Um, but when we talked to you, you didn't really highlight any sort of a, a big T trauma uh, of childhood. But no. I'm finding that with opioid addiction is some people, it's just fucking getting them. That's it. Yeah, it's just one of those things that just gets them. They just get hooked. Well, it gives you it, it gives you this. I almost hate to say this, but it, it gives you an amazing feeling. Whatever yeah. you know, um, whatever you're doing at the time, it makes it better. Yeah. It makes it more fun, and it's awesome until <laughs> it's you're broke and you don't have them, and you can't sleep at night, and your legs are kicking, and you're throwing up, and you've got the sweats, and all of a sudden it's just like what happened, and it's too late. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a oh it's just a really really quick downhill spiral and it happens so fast. I mean, yeah. we had talked about it. I went from being twenty one twelve. I bought a house at twenty one, had a great job fishing all these tournaments, just won a bass boat, to losing everything, right. foreclosing on the home, the truck's gone, the boat's gone, you're broke, don't have enough money to even go get high, and life just sucks. And it's like happens like that. It's it, it's crazy. Yeah. How long was I? I don't recollect the process from you to twenty one with the house to actually going and getting treatment. Um. So, I well, I bought the house at twenty one. I didn't start getting. I didn't get hooked on pain pills till I was like twenty three, twenty four. Mm. But from the time, from the t- and I'm just spitballing here i don't know exactly but from the time i took my first vicodin to the time that i lost everything and was in rehab even for the second time because i went two months in a row basically um it was no more than nine months holy shit no it was just like that because it started with vicodin right right you pop a couple at work next thing you know you're popping four or five and we talked i don't want to repeat everything i I said on the first podcast but most of these people probably haven't heard it um you go from four or five Vicodin to all of a sudden somebody says, well, dude, it, it's it's going to be healthier on you just to take an Oxycontin, right? right? You don't have all these acetaminophen. You're killing your liver. Okay. When I crushed up my first 80 milligram Oxycontin and snorted that, that's when everything was just, oh, dude, it was gone. Yeah. I mean, everything was gone like blink of an eye. Yeah. I mean, I and, and this is even winning 
a uh, $50,000 bass boat, you right. know, and selling that and having that money or it, it even prolonged it. Sure. Without that, it would have been done even quick. It would have been over even quicker, you yeah. know? Yeah, because that's, you know, for the people that, to let, you know, Ryan, fishing guide, this is your passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do not only amazing work with people and families, you know, special needs kids in the community, but yeah. also a part of it, a lot of giving back and to and charity through through that work that you're passionate about. But yeah, that right. became, that wasn't important anymore. Oh, none of it was important. That's the thing. I mean, it, it turns, and I don't care what, what your addiction is, right? It, sure. It's it, it, it can be meth. You can be a full-blown alcoholic. You can be addicted to sex. You can be addicted to gambling. Whatever it is, that becomes your priority. Mm-hmm. You know, you love your family, but 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 you love that high more. Yeah. You know, that's all it boils down to. I mean, it makes you do things you would never do, say things you would never say. You know, um, I mean, I had burnt every bridge out there. I had, you know, I had, and I'm just I'm I'm just saying this so people know, you know, because and I'm in a great place now. But they, they need to know to never give up hope. It's never too late. But, I mean, I had hot checks written out to every business in town that I could. You know, I had every payday cash loan place tapped out. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. I, I, I had, you know, owed tons of family a bunch of money. You, you just you just start scrambling and you don't care. Yeah. So. And it's just crazy to me because we did have another gentleman on here who was a, a NFL lineman, Randy Grimes, and that's when i pressed him to you know like okay what was the trauma he's like no i grew up in a um you know a good christian home and my parents were very loving but you know once i was there in the nfl and the the injury started and here it is and all of a sudden that pain's gone or whatever but but then you like it so much that you know you're not one to nod out on vacation with your family or whatever so you're popping these things and he was up to like 60 a day oh yeah so it's no it it happens quick it and it your tolerance builds so fast that's that's the problem and even people you got to be so careful with opiates and luckily doctors have made it a lot tougher now to get Mm -hmm. them i mean i was 23 24 years old i was getting three different prescriptions for three different strengths of oxycontin a month with and they didn't even have x-rays on me i just said my back hurt you know right which and it, it didn't i just i just got them but so it wasn't an injury that led to it no strictly recreational huh no, I never had an injury. I just said my back hurt. Literally, that's that's. And it used to like, be that easy to get them. And they were like, "Try this." Yeah, it started off with Vicodin, and I started saying, "You know, well, it's, it's not really doing." Okay, well, here, take this oxycotton. And then I'd, I'd go in there, you know, and you'd, um, you'd go finagle your way. Well, the eighty milligrams are kind of strong for during work. I need so, so then they'll give you thirties, you know, and right. it's, yeah, it's it's just it's ridiculous. But even people that are just taking opiates, I mean, as needed, you have an injury. Yeah, you got to be so careful because all of a sudden couple weeks down the road one doesn't do it so then you need two then you need three and you might you might not be addicted to them but you become um dependent dependent on them and there's a big difference in dependency and addiction but they're both dangerous because at some point you got to stop and people that don't realize it they they don't know how hard it is to stop because of what you have to go through mentally and physically the mental part's worse than the physical part yeah i i got uh, I want to say it was an oxycodone, which I don't know my opioids uh, opioids well enough, but I'm pretty sure it's an oxycotton derivative. Maybe it's got some of the aspirin or whatever. Right. Mixed with it. And, and uh, when I got my vasectomy, right, no more kids for <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Let's detach here. The world doesn't need any more of my offspring. <laughs> uh, really, it was out of responsibility. It's like, okay, two is, two is good enough. I, I will I will be there and responsible. Right, you know? right. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, I noticed even... So I took it for like two days, only one each each day. And this is the weird thing about the addict brain because we were talking through text. Like, you have no problem with alcohol. You can have a drink or even half of it and eh, I don't need to finish this. Whereas me, it's yeah. like, dude, that beer, you're not going to finish that here, go ahead. I'll finish it for you. Right. That would be me. Whereas with the opioids, like the second day, like I got a little bit of shake in the night from my legs and I was like, fuck this shit. I flushed it down the toilet. It's bad. So, so it's a trip of how addiction works and one thing, you know, affects one person and not the other. Like, right. like technically, I guess maybe weed would be the last thing I quit with the exception of I did have a fall off as of this recording. I think it's 18 months ago today. Um, but like for that, it was a take it or leave it. I just have really bad anxiety. The kids right. wouldn't be home. Had this little tiny vape thing, one little puff off of it. Cool. I want to eat now and go to bed. Right. You know. So it's just and so your life's not in shambles. Exactly. And you're not losing your car in your house. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or and crashing my car. And people need. It's just self awareness, right? I mean, I'm not one of those. And if you're big into AA and NA and that works for you, that is great. Yeah. Uh, it has saved so many people's lives. I'm not one that 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 I don't go by the rule book, you know, when sure. it comes to recovery. I mean, because they told me when I went through all that, you know, well, you can't ever drink again. You know, I'm like, well, I'm not an alcoholic. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a drug addict. Right. And yeah, with some people you can, some people you can't. You know, um, just like I, I can go out and have a few drinks. I, I we can go to a party and I, you know catch a, a little buzz, right. and I don't need to do it the next night. You know, right. but if but but you got to be self aware. And when you're getting into recovery you need to be very careful because you you, you don't want to start down any any slippery slope yeah. you know so self-awareness is key yeah. but when you're new into recovery i mean you don't know what you can and can't do yeah. because you're so screwed up you, you got to give your brain time to heal yeah. no matter yeah. what your drug of choice i mean is. shit at least a, that at least a good year at least and minimum and yeah and for me it's like people even you know where it's where it's come up uh well, you've really dealt with a lot of the underlying issues and your life is on track. Like, you know, are you sure you can't have one? It's like, I don't even care. I would rather continue to go through the rest of my life yep. thinking I'm an alcoholic than proving that I am. Exactly. You know, I'm just not going to do it. Right. And, uh, yeah. And that's me with the pain pills. So, like I said, I can take, you know, I, I can take or leave alcohol. Right. Take it or leave it, no problem. But... When I go to a, when I like my primary care physician, and if I go to a new doctor for any reason, I tell them when I walk in the door, I cannot have any narcotics. Right. No matter what, I don't right. care if I come in here and my leg is completely broken in half, I cannot have narcotics because I know where that's going to lead me. I, right. There's no way I'm going to be able to stop. Yeah. I that, just can't. And you built a hell of a life for yourself. So it's not I, even. I, I have, yeah. Yeah. No, I, same way. I had to go, because uh, I'm at that age. So I had to get the camera up my ass, the colonoscopy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because it runs in my family to have colon issues. Did they and kiss stuff you like. on the neck first, though? Uh, he did. He was <laughs> that, very okay. loving. Stroke okay. my arm. There you go. Oh, uh, dude, it was a nice. So the nurse, whatever, re I, like, I'm a skinny dude. You can find a vein in six seconds. My tattoos aren't high. And this nurse poked me like 75 times. Oh. <laughs> and so I was bruised. She's just jabbing at you. Yeah. And then the doctor comes and goes, let me see your right arm and he goes boop and he goes can you count backwards for me i'm like 100 and then i'm awake i didn't remember oh they put you out for it oh yeah okay good yeah but i was scared because i when i had my consultation i said hey i just so you know i'm in recovery for alcoholism because they use a level of fentanyl to put right. you out which of course we'll get into that and hitting the streets now and of course you as an opioid addict my god so bad um 
but yeah, it was like I, I was fucking. Next thing I know, waking up, uh, your girlfriend's in the lobby and everything. Like, huh? <laughs> you know, you'll you'll have some bleeding for a while. <laughs> oh but, boy, that's uh, just part of it. We yeah. got to do it as we get older. You know, well, at least well, yeah, I'm 37, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm a young look, buck. I'm not looking forward. To, oh, but I got high mileage, man. <laughs> high mileage. You know what <laughs> I mean? Mileage. Like, yeah, they're not freeway miles either. But no, I feel I'm 37. Uh, I feel 56. Ah, uh, no, come we on, make, dude. You're do. like one of the most sprightliest guys. As I know we get up it's the only time I've seen my kids enthusiastic uh, it, that early in the morning because we might be at the lake at like 6 o'clock to go fishing oh, or yeah. whatever it was and my, my daughter like man the sun's coming up I can still see the stars and this is so awesome we're going to get out there on the she's lake she's a, a character <laughs> she was hilarious I had so much fun that day oh they're, they're a blast we had, no I I love my job you know I feed off of energy I get people out on the boat we have a blast I mean it just yeah it, it's it's so awesome to be able to do this yeah you woke me up that morning i was like hey all right we got out there on the boat and you're we like all right we're going to this cove and here it is and i'm like all right this is what i'm talking about this is yeah. fucking cool yeah but so you were a doctor shopper though you never went to the streets or any oh no methods? no i 100 went to the streets did you well and my so i don't even know if we got into this last time but what started off as all opiates once i quit the opiates well, I, I based I transitioned into meth for about another year. Oh shit! No, no I, I ended up com, I ended up completely homeless down in Southern California. Oh no, I didn't re yeah. recollect that. Yeah, no, I was bouncing if I could afford it, hotel to hotel. Um, sometimes on the street, you know, it just yeah, I I I wound up strung out bad wow. on meth, which that's oh, that's a whole other animal itself. But um, yeah, that was almost hard. That was almost mentally harder harder to quit than than the opiates because the the depression when you stop the depression sure. and anxiety is overwhelming sure completely overwhelming um and that you know it, that's one of those deals it just it it oh man that was hard but the the meth will take you you know um with the opiates it was always like i lost money i lost you know um relationships that kind of stuff but for whatever reason with the meth like it, it got me in trouble with the law really quickly right you know i mean i yeah it's a whole other story but i used to be um i did little hauling and moving jobs down there you oh, know okay and uh i just all of a sudden i'd wake up with cops knocking on my window and i'm like in the home depot parking lot i went to get some tools for something and i just pass out you know you're Shit. just done for like two hours just yeah it just happens randomly it, it, it's crazy but yeah. Don't, drugs are bad, okay? Just, drugs are bad, Just go okay. ahead and stay away from them. Yeah, no, my, I, I have yet to release it because it's probably going to be the toughest episode for me to put out. I talked with my dad about his addiction, and um, meth was the primary thing, you know, truck driver and stuff like that. But my dad, you know, he's very, very prevalent with truck drivers. Yeah, especially in that era, that, that right. 80s, you know, 90s. And, um, I mean, he's a he's a... If you if you go trauma big T he's a shit ton of them. It's right. like the, to be the man he is now today. But yeah, I've just had trouble in releasing that one because afterwards there's so much I learned that I didn't know and it was like oh fuck. And you it, learned it just recording this podcast. Yeah, I knew I knew the addiction of course because I grew up around it. I almost think I sort of went that path to kind of understand because mm -hmm. my dad and I weren't close until like. Mm, my early mid twenties, right? Um, and and my parents are still married, so it wasn't like he wasn't around. He was around. He just wasn't around. You know right. what I mean? Uh, very hard work and learned work ethic from him and stuff like that. But 
yeah, it's just when he divulged that, he's like, yeah, you'll do things that you just wouldn't do. He's, you know, all of a sudden your mind goes and you're, you know, uh, already being a diagnosed sex addict. And he's like, and then the behavior that you'll go to that you just wouldn't as a sober person. And it completely changes you. Yeah. It's just like unreal. Yeah. Just un- unreal. No, it, it, it completely changes you. And that again, and that happens so, so fast, you know, cause, um, and back in the, like back in the day they had the crank you yeah. know so it was a little bit different the the stuff they have now i mean this 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 methamphetamine keeps you high for 24 hours you yeah. know i mean it, it, it's not like quick and it and then so you go 24 hours or you do it on a weekend next thing you know it's monday you need to go to work you haven't slept you feel like crap so you either take a couple of days off and recoup or you got to do it again yep so and that's you know, the next thing you know you're you're strung out on meth yeah. So yeah, no, I man, I've I've been I've been through it all, you know. I've I've yeah, I'm just I am so grateful that I'm not that person anymore, you right. know. I love I, I love my life. I mean, you know, I I get to fish for a living. I get to go take these kids out, take these I had a ninety four year old, ninety five year old World War II vet out this year. No you know? way. Yeah. I had a four year old um whose dad called me. He has a bass boat, he bass fishes. He was struggling to get the kid on fish. He wants his son to go fish with him. You know, it's a little buddy. And he's like, he has no attention span. He's like, Brian, if, if, if he lasts two hours, don't have your feelings hurt. You know, he doesn't really like this. I just want him to like yeah, it, yeah. you know? And we took that kid out. We did the full seven hours and he's crying. He didn't want to go home, you know? So I just, it, it's awesome to be able to get to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm engaged to the love of my life. We're getting married October 15th, you know, like, which, and she's a, I, I tell people all the time she's a solid nine, and I'm the one she needs to talk about. But yeah, I mean, she is. you know, man, you you, you put you put uh, the stuff down and just you put one foot in front of the other, and you just start grinding and you stay consistent, whatever it is that you want to do, and it's yeah. amazing what you can achieve. Well, and I tell me once you, how long do you think it took you before you really started to get faculties back? Because people, I think, have this misconception. You hit rehab, and especially with insurances nowadays, if you can get a full 30 days in rehab, it's a miracle now. Right. Let alone is sober living and carry on and so on right. and so forth. But just because you do that, you're not cured. It's, no. You, you acknowledge it. I can never – like 30 days is nothing, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I got to let my doctors know. I go into the office, hey, I don't give me any sort of opioid of any kind, no, no narcotics, because I will be – here, you want to know what will happen to me? Here, here listen to this. Um, but the, the thing started to return. You know, you talked about the anxiety coming mm-hmm. off of that, all these things. It's stuff that we just – and some of us are pro- like, I never realized I had anxiety. I knew I had depression. Yeah. It started when I was going through puberty. Right. But I never knew I had anxiety. Right. Until probably the last couple of years. I was like, oh, oh yeah. shit, I've done a lot of this stuff to handle anxiety. Right. So how did you start and what tools do you maybe use to, to help keep you kind of on the straight and narrow? Well, uh, yeah. And I still, I mean, I've got my struggles, you know, it's, it's sure. not like life is easy. I mean, I still, I still battled depression and anxiety, you know, um, First and foremost, one thing I wanted to say is, is for, for anybody new in recovery or that's going to be new in recovery, I think one of the one of the biggest mistakes uh, people new people new in recovery make is they try to rec- reclaim too much too quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, it, it's a process. It's not all going to come back right away. You you need to just grind and just trust the process. Um, for me personally. Um, luckily 
I'm very busy. My days on the water are long. I, Diana can tell you, I'm always tired, which is great for me, okay? Right. When I have a bunch of free time and I've had a bunch of sleep and I've got a bunch of energy and nowhere to put it, it it's not bad. My brain races, it doesn't stop. So I get to, I, I get to focus and harness on the good stuff. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm up most mornings at 3.34 a.m. You know, I'm not getting home until, you know, four or five a lot of days. So those 12-hour days in the sun and, ever, you know, you think, oh, you go fish, you just hang out. I mean, you've seen me. It's yeah. a lot of work. You know, yeah. it's mentally it's, 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 it's exhausting because I put so much pressure on myself to perform to get my clients on fish because obviously that's, you know, that's, that's what they're looking for. They don't want to go take a boat ride. Yeah. Um, it, that helps a lot with my stress and anxiety, with, with my anxiety and, and depression. Um, me and Diana, we stay busy. I mean, we, we don't have a weekend where we just lay around the house. You know, we've got our calendar is jam packed. Like our friends, they always joke. They're like, we're going to have to put it on your calendar three months from now to have dinner. I'm like, you might, <laughs> but we stay busy, you know, and it's and she likes that because right. that wasn't her past. She wants to do stuff. I want to do stuff. It's good for me. So it works out awesome. Um, I am on a SSRI. Oh, okay. You know, I, I take, um, it's called Boost Bar. I take a daily medication yeah. for stress and anxiety and, you know, it, it for anxiety and depression. I keep saying stress. They, they go hand in hand yeah. though, right? Yeah, I just started Wellbutrin, which is not an SSRI, but more the, uh, the dopamine area. My doctor thought because of, uh, with the alcoholism and other things I shared, probably, you know, this, the pornography and mm -hmm. the way I was sexually and, you know, it's like I could thank goodness for the lady I'm with now that she's been so patient with me because yeah, right. it's like, Oh my gosh, wait, I, I, I never realized I had to be intoxicated to some level to share physical intimacy. And usually right. I wasn't making good decisions anyway. Right. But, right. but now that I'm in a place where it's good, it's safe. It's about the love that we share for each other. You know, it's like, right. Oh, Oh, it took me some, yeah. some, some, and it's amazing. Yeah. And you're like, what was I doing all these years? Like <laughs> right? you're, so, you're like, I had it so backwards. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so, no, he started me with the, the Wellbutrin because he's like, okay, I don't want, yeah, I'm, I'm a little more worried about an SSRI for you. And it seems to be working well. Right. My energy's coming up. Still right. have an anxiety, but the depression isn't hitting me as much. Right. And it's, and it's, it, it's, that's the thing. I mean, you got two people right here telling you how much it's helped. It has completely changed my life. Sure. I mean, it makes my life so much more manageable. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good that we share that to, to, especially for men, that there's like some stigma that we got to know. Right. Sometimes like the doctor's like, look, we've talked, but this is the, the third time you've come in, right. told me the same thing. We need to go ahead and let go of our balls. <laughs> and my doctor's right. very straight up, let go of our balls yeah. in this one and just realize, hey, and, and he goes, if it's working, good. Here's the thing with it not being an SSRI, I prescribe this to people that have seasonal depression. Right. So, you know, you can always taper off or something yeah. if you want to. And, and it's not a sign of weakness, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, our brains aren't aren't wired perfectly. <laughs> you know, if you I mean, if you get um, if you go get, you know, a nasty sinus infection, you go get antibiotics, right? Yeah. Because it's miserable and you can't hardly live without them. Yeah. Well, what's the difference if your brain's not functioning properly? You yeah. know, you, you, you got it. There's such a negative stigma. You know, I, I don't want to go on medication. And I fought it for a while. Sure. It's the worst thing I ever did. I mean, it's my life's completely changed since then, you know, yeah. and if you, it, not to get too far into it, but if you do get on a medication, something like whatever you take a Celexa, sure. uh, Wellbutrin, Boost Bar, they all work differently. 
you got to give it some time. Yeah. You know, this is not a two week process. Like it's, it's a minimum a month before you even start feeling any mm-hmm. sort of, um, effects from it, you yeah. know? And, and if you are, if you are an addict, if you are an addict, it, it, it it's not addicting, you know, yeah. I, I mean, it's not something you can get high off of, you know, yeah. it doesn't work like that. So yeah. yeah. But do, do, uh, just don't be, man, my advice to those people out there, just don't, mental health needs to be brought up more. It needs yeah. to be talked about. You know, it's something that's been hit, just hid behind closed doors. People are ashamed of it and it ruins your life. You know, I mean, a lot of wow. people end up taking their own life because of it. Yeah. And we saw it so bad. Not only I've, I've known so many people that fell off me included during the, you know, lockdown, that shit don't work for me. No. And we're not going to even get into the, the fuckery of how uh, stupid it was. But, you know, I feel for like, kids that are now being faced with it and that de- and depression's hitting more so i'm glad i hope that it seems and maybe it's just the stuff I, that i follow because i only i only view content that i want to view i don't right I'm, I'm the same way i don't hardly watch the news no. you know i don't doesn't get my time cnn fox i don't care who you are you don't get right. my time you have an agenda i know you do because i've worked in media and i know how it works okay yeah and most of it's not not news it's commentary right <laughs> so i 100 percent agree with you but we've got yeah, we do have a real problem with a lot of the stuff that is just going on in the world. And, and I, I counted, I was talking the other day, somebody asked me uh, at uh, the, the found, uh, nonprofit I work at, Parents in Acts and Need, like, uh, do you know anybody that's passed away from addiction? I said, oh, yeah, I know many of them. And uh, five in the last year and a half alone, right. because it was the unwillingness to say, I need help and take that help accordingly. Like if... If I called you, man, Ryan, I'm a, I'm a little worried, brother. Doctor said I got a heart condition. Wants to put me on medication. It wouldn't be like, oh, what's wrong with you, medication? You'd be like, motherfucker, get on that medication. We got a lot more fishing to do. Come on, pussy, suck it up, walk it off. You'll be fine. Walk it yeah. off. Yeah, it's not no. one of those things. No, exactly. And that's man. That that is the strongest man or woman, whatever. I mean, that's the when you are in a position that you need help. That is the strongest thing you can do is yeah. say, I need help, whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, you, you people are just, people are scared to ask for help. You know, sure. it's a pride thing. Sure. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I could go on and on. So you, when you finally did, you went to treatment two times? Oh, I've been to treat. I've been to, no, oh, I don't even know, four or five rehabs and several sober living homes. Okay. Yeah. So what was then the final process that really stuck? Was it, was it treatment uh, to sober living and? No, no, none of that worked. Really? Now, I'm not saying don't go try it because yeah. it can be very helpful. I, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. I, I think that's the key thing. You weren't ready. It doesn't matter. Right. And I, oh man, I, most people don't know this. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm here to share my story. I hope it helps and reaches somebody. I'm not proud of this. Um, very few people know this. I have not talked about this publicly. I, um, I was down in Orange County. I was on a two or three day meth bin. Well, up for two or three days, probably two full days. You can't hardly go three. It's on. Anyway, um, I was driving. I still have, I have no recollection of where I was going, why I was going there. I was probably going to buy drugs, I would imagine, but I, I don't remember. I passed out behind the wheel on Highway 1, right, right in Irvine. Mm. And I hit a lady and her husband head on doing about 75, 80, they said. And if you saw my truck, I mean, I, I shouldn't have, I should not have survived it. They were okay. I, they did have, um, she ended up having to go to a chiropractor for a couple months. Her back was not, it wasn't like surgery, but she, 
definitely um, had some issues from that, some problems from it. And um, I, I don't know. I, I should not have walked away from that. I should not. I, I should not be here. If you saw my my little, I had a, I had a, uh, um, a Ford Ranger. Okay. A little fo- single cab Ford Ranger, and this was an expedition. I hit head on. I don't know if it's because I was just so passed out, I was so loose or what, but dude, I walked out of there with nothing but a little bit of whiplash and my shin had an indentation, kind of a cut from where I guess I dug into the brake pedal. That was it. And you you, you think that would be my rock bottom, right? Sure. I still, I still, I still did about another month after that. Um, finally called my dad one day. I said, I, I, I need you to come pick me up. I, I'm, I'm done with this. I said, I, I, I need help. I, I said, I need help, right? Um, my dad was there six hours later. Let's go. I had at that time, I packed everything I owned in like two suitcases. That, that's what I owned and came home. And I went back to Fresno. Um, good buddy of mine, Paul Gilman. He's just, I can't even say enough about him. Um, he's the guy that's always been there, you know, yeah. to get me clean. Always, always want to help. And he got me into, uh, let's see, how did that go? He found a house or a room for me to rent. I was back in Fresno for about three days and then I went and got meth. And I went on about another two week bender, give or take. And I remember him showing up. Um, In the morning I was in bed, finally fell asleep in my underwear on my bed and he comes in. I'm like, I'm not dressed. He's like, I don't care. And he comes in and you know, and I'm telling him, leave me alone. I'm gonna kick your ass. You know, I'm gonna kick your ass. He's like, I don't care. Then we're gonna fight. You know, and he said, but he said, you're at a point. He said, you've lost everybody. He said, there's nobody else besides me willing to help you. Yeah. And he said, let's get you some help. And I went into a sober living home and I've been clean ever since. So that, you know, it, it took a lot. Yeah. I, I wish it didn't, you know, and I, man, I mean, I, I, I still to this day, I, I feel so bad for, you know, what that lady had to go through just, you know, she probably has nightmares about it. And I mean, it's, that's something you got to live with and, and it's rough. It's hard to talk about it, Yeah, no. but it's important to know that even through all that, I am where I am today. And I want to give people that hope. Yeah. And it, and it's, and they have to accept the process too. So we, we say rebuild, but it's really build a life and, and it's not just recovery, but a process of discovery and, and who you are and really taking a look. And, and it's, it's tough. It's going to be, life is tough. I forget what the self-help book was. It's getting was. tougher every day too. Yeah. In the seventies, it was uh, the number one selling self-help book. And then the first sentence was life is tough. And it is, it's, just, it's tough. We have these challenges, but we also don't get the beautiful gifts without that it's we kind of need the yin and the yang of life you know there's, absolutely there's no luke skywalker without darth vader it just no. has to happen absolutely if if i hadn't went through what i went through and appreciate what i do so much i mean if i had started to try to be a full-time fishing guide in my early 20s right i would have failed i didn't have the patience i didn't have the love for people you know you go through things and it changes you and it's and it, I'm, I'm still a firm believer. I mean, I, I everything happens for a reason. Right. You know, I truly believe that from the bottom of my heart. And unfortunately, I needed to go there to get to here. Yeah. You know, and and it's I heard uh, an Instagram reel because you know how you get on Instagram, you start watching reels, and all of a sudden it's like three hours later. So anyway, I heard this Instagram reel, and I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was actually Steve Harvey. He's got some good oh, stuff. Yeah. I love Steve Harvey. And he said. Um, 
he said, if God would have told you, you know, 10 years ago, here's what you got to do to get to where you are right now. He said, you'd never do it. Yeah. And it's true, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's, I tell Diana, like, you know, I, 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 I'm not proud of my past, but, but I appreciate it, you know, because right. I mean, it got me somehow I ended up back in Atwater and, you know, at the gun shop doing a, a, a Facebook live video for, you know, the gun shop and my fishing and said some joke and she laughed and became like, friends. And here we are today. Yeah. You know, it's oh, just, I like yeah. that laugh. Yeah. It's just and yeah. your fiance is one of the most extraordinary, wonderful people I've ever met. Uh, just she's uh, uh, perfect for you. And that the, I, I bumped into her at the bank or something. She's doing a deposit for, for stage stop. And oh, my God, and it just oh, like, yeah. it makes you just feel like and she gives like you a hug and yeah. it's a genuine hug. It's yeah. not like a little sidearm hug. She's like, get in here. I love you. You know, <laughs> yeah. she's she's amazing, man. She, I can't say enough about her. That that woman is she she's. She's probably saved my life. She doesn't even realize it. Yeah, you know, she really has. When we, you know, when we first met, I, I was, you know, I was going through a lot of stuff, and you know, it was. Um, I didn't have a relapse or anything, but it was. I'll tell you what. I, I probably, I could have seen myself going down that hole. Sure. You know, because I just, you, you get in your head, you get depressed, and it's it's so hard to pull yourself out yeah. of that. You know, and if she hadn't been there, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could have went through what I. I could, gone through what i what i went through you know yeah. so well and i think that's the magical thing about a solid good relationship is you're not you're not looking at the other person to fulfill you because that's unrealistic well no. that's so like with people the, the the term well you know I, i'm looking for a soulmate i say what a shitty thing to put on another human being when you can't even fulfill and make yourself happy but there right. is something about when you can couple with someone that it's like wow my world is really good. You know, right. I got something to lean on, something, you know. Well, they don't make you a better person. You, yep. do, you do that yourself, but they, they give you the motivation to do yeah. it, right? They make you want to be better. Yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, that's a special, I, I think a lot of people don't ever find that. Yeah. I, I hope, I pray for everybody out there that they do, you yeah. know, but it, 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 it's, a, it's, it's a pretty awesome thing. Well, and I think that's one of the powers of, you know, recovery is you know i like the 12 steps I, right for me it's it's worked um and i think it should almost be taught in school because i think it's just it how make, you should live your life yeah i think it would make everybody a better person if right. you really did because it made me start to own my shit and in doing so cleared up a lot of my i was i always thought of myself not a very judgmental person's like oh fuck especially in my early 20s i was kind right. of a judgmental prick you know yeah. well, <laughs> I, we, we probably still all struggle with that right sure. that's human nature i mean no the, 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 yeah if if anybody's out there struggling with just life in general yeah what you just said i can't agree more um go f man I, whether you're a church person or not Go find like a local celebrate recovery and just give it a shot. Yeah. Even if you don't buy the, the 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 God part of it, and that's I respect the heck out of that. Just do the rest. Do the work. Go give it a shot. You know. Right. Just the twelve steps is it, it's life changing, and it's it's uh it's something everybody just like I'm just repeating what you said. I'm sorry, yeah. but you're good. no, I I I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Because well, everybody's got those. I, I hate to quote recovery but those hurts habits and hang-ups right yeah. whether it be from 
some sort of addiction or not. Everybody's everybody's got sure. a ton of baggage. Sure, the, in uh, vices or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it is, and sometimes it's you know taking a look at that and from an outside perspective and getting someone that you can trust and be vulnerable to that's been there. You Absolutely, know? I mean. I refer people not just to AA groups, NA groups, but sex and love addiction, Gamblers Anonymous now. Like, hey, I heard you on this podcast. Can you connect me with somebody? I have a gambling problem. I have an right. overspending problem. I have an eating, you know, whatever. Getting that help and being around people that, that, that care and understand, it changes a lot. Absolutely. Um, but you bring up another one of those very tough things. It was a little tough for me. But the the God aspect, right. and I think a lot of people get hung up that – what I loved about it too, and, and my sponsor was great, is like, you know, his saying was, it's God you do business with. And now right. it's, I say, the God I do business for. And for me, it was just accepting that there was something greater than me that actually loves me. And I went, oh, fuck. I have so much trouble accepting love. Well, yeah. And once I we got that, it improved the not only my my relationship w- with my partner, but my kids and everybody else. Like, I am worthy of love. I am worthy of my boundaries too. Right. Like, oh, don't go there, you know. So it's it's very empowering. I think when you find what that higher power is. Um, we had a buddy, uh, Sonny Mayo, guitar player in a lot of different rock bands. Not had PE seven dust was on the podcast. And for him, it was when his dog was sick and he's like, Oh, you know, so he spells God G O capital D, right. You know, cause he found that love right. in his dogs and that's just who and what he is. And, um, for you, did you grow up kind of in a household that was spiritual or religious, or was it something you kind of came to terms with you? We in your own. Our our family wasn't very. We weren't real religious. I, you know, I was taught to say a you know, the nighttime prayer. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul. You know, just I didn't know what it meant. I just it was just something you said. You know, it was like singing the happy birthday song. You just memorized it. But um, when I was when I was probably 12 13 i started going to church youth group with my grandma mm. um at water baptist church it was a bunch of 80 year olds and there was like four kids and, <laughs> and you know and i loved it i did the church youth group stuff we went up you know we did the uh i can't even think of what it's called the weekend getaway sure, the uh, retreats the and- retreat up in old sack you know big you know real real uh emotional weekend you know they got all the songs playing the preachers preaching it's awesome um, and I, you know, I, I became a Christian at a young age. I got baptized in my early, or I got baptized when I was like 24 at a church in Clovis, you know, one, one of my three month stints of being sober and, you know, um, but so I grew up with it somewhat, but I never got it. Mm. I didn't get it until about really to be honest with you about two years ago wow so yeah and that's completely changed my life because even you know even through all the you know the the success i have had you know and i'm not I've, you know I've, I've been able to put some stuff together and do well um i was just i was still struggling you know sure. i was almost white knuckling it you know like they yeah. say i just life was just still hard it was it was i was doing it and i was enjoying it but it was harder than it should be. Sure. And about two years ago, every, I, every, everything changed. My just my attitude changed. My outlook changed. I, like you said, you get to a point where you've got to learn to love yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, because if not, you just. I feel like uh, 
everything I ever did, it, it was always self-sabotage, you know, like, cause I never felt I deserved it. I told Diana, you know, I, I said, I, and I mean, I've, I've clearly been able to do my job well, you know, I stay booked up. I, I've got tons of repeat clients. I've got a bunch of kids holding up giant bass, you know, but in my head, I'm like, I still felt like a fraud. Like, yeah. I, like I don't deserve this. I, I'm not good enough to do this, you know? And I finally, and again, it's, I mean, a lot of it's been with Diana's help, but you know, I, I, I mean, we talked about the God thing. We talked about religion. We talked about what we want to chase together. And dude, it's like, it's like you just find a piece and you, you finally start to realize, and I'm still struggling. It's a daily sure. thing. Some days are easier than others, but I'm finally starting to realize like, I, I, I do deserve this, you know, and I, I can quit hating myself and I'm not that person anymore, you know? And I, I, I do deserve to be happy and have a good life. And it, like I said, some days are easier than others, but until you get to that point, I mean, you're never going to, I don't care what you have. I don't care how much money you have, who you have in your life, whatever. If I don't care if you have enough money to do opiates forever, you, you're never going to be satisfied. Yeah. You've got to find that inner peace somehow, however you get there. Everybody's got a different way of getting there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian, you know, I, 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 I pray and I daily and it, it, it helps me and I believe in it. You know, yeah. if you don't, you got to find something. Thanks for um, sharing that. Cause that's one of the things. And I've talked to a couple people recently about it. Uh, this guy, Mike Diamond, amazing. Uh, Adam Jablin, uh, another amazing guy, but I've struggled with that imposter syndrome too, especially cause I had that fall off, you know, uh, what was that? 18 months ago now, right. and I was like, here I am, I'm this guy talking about mental health and recovery, and what was I not doing? I wasn't protecting my sobriety and my mental health, right. and, and, and it was kind of the thing of, oh, I still have boundary issues, right. I'm still a people pleaser, I still have that defect. This is part of the process of, I've gotta work on this thing. Because, Absolutely. you know, the striving is always to be our most genuine, authentic self, you know, rigorous honesty in there, and it's like, no, I wasn't doing that. No, and absolutely. I, and and for me, the more I do that, and like you said with, with Diana, and I, I'm so thankful with Cassandra to be able to be that honest, real, vulnerable person. I don't have to play a role. She doesn't right. want me to play a role. If I have a bad day, it's okay to say I have a bad day. Yeah. Um, I don't take it out on her. Right. Uh, but you it's know, unconditional. Or anyone, but it, yeah, it's exactly. It's kind of that irony where people say uh, unconditional love. Well, love by definition is unconditional right. otherwise it's not love right. and love is not a I, I love is it's a choice it's a decision yep. you know it doesn't it's i don't i don't think it's a feeling yeah you know if that makes sense i i, agree. I, I don't believe it's a feeling it's an action it's an action absolutely yeah. yeah and i think that's where people a lot of times and i know for me kind of digging more into the sex and love addiction when i've talked to people about it i'm like yeah sure uh, yes the sex was into it but i don't think i was addicted to that as much as validation i was addicted to the validation from from someone else 100 you know, and like okay i'm getting the validate well then i'm fulfilled then i'm you know then life is good and it just doesn't work that way plus if you give someone else that arrogantly that that thing it it can be taken just like that right. from you so yeah. why would you want to do that you know and it's it's kind of like you gotta if you love yourself like you do other people look in the mirror and literally tell yourself i, I love you this is the body th that i've been given for the vessel that i believe is my soul right. to, to do whatever it is uh, you know right. that i fortunately get to do and yeah no absolutely like, if you don't start to love that and appreciate that well 
I don't know what to tell you. You're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble. You're going to be miserable. Yeah. You know? I've spent a lot of years being miserable. Yeah. And I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, I, I got, I'm, I'm going to live my life. We're going to enjoy it. You know, I'm going to try to tell myself every day I, I love myself. You know, like I said, some days are easier than others, but, <laughs> but it's important. Yeah. You know, cause otherwise you're just, you're constantly, you're constantly chasing whatever high it may be. Yeah. You know, you're like you said, the validation, I mean, just being a, I, I, we talked about it, but just being a people pleaser, you know, we, we didn't, we're not, we're not over people. We're not, um, I can't find the verbiage. There's a difference between being a people person and a people pleaser. Right. But when you're a people pleaser, you think you're doing it for everybody else, but you're not, you're doing it for you. Oh yeah. You know, it's I, manipulation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's not for them. It's for you. Yeah. Not that you don't like them, but yeah, you're doing it for you. You know, you're doing it for your own ego. You're doing it for your own um, um, I'm having trouble finding the words here. You're, bullshit, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Your own bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, just, let's leave it. But there. it's no different, I think, than uh, when you continue that kind of behavior. It's no different than the ramp up of of drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, or gambling. Or I don't care what it is. Is to get that high, you have to keep going more and more and more and deeper. And you know, with the people pleasing, you've created a complete false connection with someone that it's going to eventually come out just, just like it will with a drinking problem, a gambling problem, a sex problem, yep. a drug problem, an eating problem, whatever it is. Eventually this shit all comes out in the wash yep. and there's the reality that you're faced with. Yeah. So you might as well work on loving yourself right. to be authentic and come to people genuine. You're doing yourself and everybody else a favor, you know, that you yeah. are in contact with. Um, and one thing to touch on. And you said it, you were so focused on everybody else and doing all this stuff, sure. you know, that you weren't taking care of yourself and you had what, what you call a slip. You hit a yeah. bait pin one time. Uh, no, that was, this was an alcohol one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was literally, but, I was the, I, it, it was a trip because I don't, I was sober. I don't remember driving to the convenience store sober, buying the beer the next thing I kind of, I'm sitting there with the third bottle of beer open in my hand and I reach out to two guys, one who's my sponsor now, the right. other one, this guy, Tony Hoffman, he's been on, amazing guy, um, goes and speaks all around the country. And uh, yeah, it was like- Wait, so you stopped on the third beer right yeah. there? And, you yep. know how hard that is to do? Yeah. Because by that time, anytime I've ever had a slip up or something like that, I'm going, okay, well, we're not even going to start to address this until tomorrow, right? Because I'm going to enjoy this if I. So that's, dude. I mean, kudos to you on that. Yeah, that's I, really, really hard to do. No, I saw. I was in that point of desperation. It, it immediately flashed to me that, like, okay, I, I like everything that I'm wanting to build and getting my shit together is going to go away really, really, Quick. really fast. Yep. Because I know me, I'll be able to ramp up. I was the guy that ah. I'll just buy a 12 pack tonight for that'll last me a couple days and then mm -hmm. wake up the next morning and a 30 pack that I don't remember getting is now half yeah. empty, you know? So right. uh, that that's for the people to say, are you sure you can't just have one? Yeah. No. Yeah. The answer fucking no. <laughs> but one, one is, what is it? One is too many and a thousand's never no, enough, right? Exactly. That's, the, that's the cliche, but it's true. Yeah. And how, mu how much more drunk can I get? What? To, to death literally that's it there's, that's, there's no more drunk i could get right there's no more the you know with the, with the sex and love there's no more false love that i could get from another person or multiple and when you're or, a hardcore alcoholic 
the only like the only time it's really enjoyable is about the first 15 minutes of that buzz creeping in yep after that like i mean when have you ever been hammered drunk going i'm having a great time right, right. this is amazing this feel like the room is spinning i yeah. love it all oh, those stupid things that i do happen to remember saying yeah. that i wouldn't have said otherwise you know? yeah like yeah. how many apologies you give the next morning for how many yeah i mean don't do it don't do it yeah but good good for you dude three beers in and you said and you can yeah. hey you can always call me any i mean i appreciate that I, I i get i get it you know i like you i i i know how important that is so yeah. hopefully it'll never happen again yeah but well i had a re the ringer's always on i had what i think is one of those restored to sanity moments i was uh uh ring announcing an mma event for me, when people offer drinks, I do tell them, no, I don't drink. But for people that I don't know, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll just get like a tonic water with a lime. Right. And so I asked for that. Well, they brought me a vodka tonic. Oh. And I took a big swig. And yes, I did swallow. But I told the people around me, uh, you know, this one young lady is like a ring announcer. She's like, oh, yeah, alcohol is gross. I go, no, I'm in recovery for alcoholism. She was <laughs> like, right. well, I'm going to get it. I'm like, no, it's okay. But that thing ended up right in the trash right. right away. And I think that's that restored to sanity moment that that gets talked about where it's like, I played it out real quick. Because right. I was like, my mind immediately went, well, I could probably have this. The people that do know me, I think they're drinking. They might have a little bit of buzz to, anyway, so they may not notice. And I could probably let it fade away before I drive home. So my kids, my girlfriend, they wouldn't notice either. Right. And then it's like, A, you wouldn't just have that one. Uh, B, you would if you by chance did, you would immediately feel like shit. Right, and then it played to the right. Hey, you'll do it again, and, and it's going to ramp up. And that's up. so smart. That's one thing that my I don't want to call him. Cause he's a good buddy. My um, mentor, sure, Paul, has always told me. He said, when you start having any of that temptation, he said, play it out in your head mm -hmm. where it's going to take you. He said, be honest with yourself. He said that will tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah, and that's yeah. You have some Dude, of those moments. You should still? like. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it never goes away. Oh, it never goes away. If I go, I mean, to this day, if I go into somebody's house, for one, if I see a movie, and it, it's not like I want to go do it, but if I see a movie, and somebody's like smoking meth mm -hmm. on the movie, I'll I'll turn my head, or I'll it, it it just it's a weird feeling. I can't right. explain. It doesn't make me want to go down on the street and go buy it. But it's a feeling I don't like. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, to this day, I mean, if I, um, I know this sounds weird, but I'm just being honest here. But if I go into somebody's house and there's a prescription pill bottle sitting on the counter, or I, 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 I won't even look at it. Sure. Because you know, I've spent you know, I mean, years back in the day, you know, you go into somebody's, you know, you, I would. I've opened medicine cabinets, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll be, I was a complete piece of trash, you know, and, and, and um, just, I can't say I've had any moments where like, I've been really tempted to go use, but I'm very, very careful about knowing what my triggers are mm -hmm. and being aware of them and, and not even letting that creep in. Yeah. You, you know, same thing with going to the doctor. I mean, it wasn't, this has been, uh, it's probably been four or five years ago, but me and my cousin went, um, we went riding quads up in the mountains in the snow, had a blast, right? And I'm not good at it. So I took a big tumble, thought I broke my wrist. It was all swollen. I mean, I figured for sure it was broken. This thing was like this. It wasn't somehow. But anyway, we get in there. First thing, I, you know, I'm like, 
no narcotics, no matter what, you know, because I just, you have to set up those boundaries, you know? Um, Luckily, I haven't been in a position where I was at an MMA fight and somebody was like, here's an Oxycontin, you know, like, here's an Oxycontin. It's, you know, I asked for a breath mint and they give me an Oxycontin. Like, I haven't been in that position, you know, but um, you you just, man, you got to be so, so self-aware. You got to know what, what's, what's going to make you tick and what's going to, you know, um, make you take that first step and you've got to completely turn the opposite direction. Yeah. I think that's part of the mastery of self. And at the end of yeah. the day, that's the most life important. in general. Yeah, life in general, man. You're gonna say I should, and I cut you off. Oh, I'm already <laughs> four th- different <laughs> thoughts in my brain now. Um, uh, what am oh I- no, you should. So, I, I mean, like you're good. At, like you should almost become some sort of counselor or something. Like, you're good at this. Oh, thank you. I've, yeah. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I've had a lot more people reaching out. I think I actually have my first sponsee and kind of working with him remotely nice. and you know as simple as this morning is like okay accountability thing right sent me a uh, message with the his bed made there you go all right that's where we're starting you know yeah, it's like making somewhere. my bed i'm like yeah and then i want you brushing your teeth and you're gonna text me at what time you brush your teeth in the morning at night right and then if you're in a place where you're at work then you're gonna brush them three times a day it's like right. why i'm like because we're gonna master taking care of ourselves dude it's the little things it's the little steps yeah it's the you just said it. you get up in the morning you make your bed it's it's things you don't want to do that you know you need to do those are so important i mean you've you've heard the speech you see the video on uh, it floats around instagram and facebook but it, it it's like a a naval um academy captain giving a speech and he said if you want to change the world he said get up in the morning and make your bed every yep. day first thing you do just like anything you want to do recovery life-wise you you it, it's it's consistency it's it's what about bob baby steps right, right. i know you know what i'm talking yeah, baby, baby step st- into yeah. the elevator you baby step if you can't man when you're new in recovery sometimes you cannot even you can't imagine how you're going to get through till tomorrow Mm-hmm. Right. You they you know, they say one day at a time. Sometimes one day at a time is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Even for me now, sometimes one day at a time is overwhelming with just life in general. Can you see your next 10? Get through the next 10 minutes. Get through. Then go get through the next 10 minutes. Get through the next hour. Get through the next hour. Get through the next hour. Whatever it may be. Um, man, especially early in recovery, everything's overwhelming. Yeah. You know, everything's overwhelming. Your brain screwed up. You're not thinking right. You know, um, you're, you're trying to figure out how I'm going to get this back. How am I going to get this back? How am I going to fix my credit? How am I going to get a job? How am I going to get a place? How am I going to move out of this sober living home room that, you know, that's got five guys in it, you know, and this guy snores really bad. You know, that guy farts in his sleep. Like, <laughs> how, you know what? Focus on that when the time comes. Get through the next day. Yeah. And just don't be scared to ask for help, man. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the important thing with our emotions is that our emotions are not reality. They are fleeting and it's mm-hmm. important that we don't make our emotions our reality. Right. You know, because it's, it's, a, it's a processing issue. It's the way that we start interpreting reality, processing reality, thus uh, reacting to it. And we right. have to. And, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's why we do. Some people, it's one minute, one second, whatever it is, breathe through it, play it out. There's, you know, that's why we have a lot of these sayings and stuff like that. that the, you it know, they works. Might, it's tried, true, and proven. Yeah. They might be silly or sound right. silly at first, but they work. There's a reason. And most of the time, if you just, if you got somebody you trust, you can talk to, you know, and luckily, I mean, I, I have that with Diana now. Yeah. Um, 
But if you if you don't have a you know a significant other, you need that sponsor. You need that accountability partner. You need somebody that's not going to judge you that you can talk about things with. Because most of the time, when you actually just play it out and talk it out with them, it becomes not as overwhelming. Yeah. It's your own brain just on overdrive. You yeah. know, wheels are spinning. Once you put it out, even write it out on paper, whatever it may be, it's amazing. It, it just it's so much easier to process, yeah. I feel like. Or at least that's the way my brain works. Well, and I have to do that, like, for instance, okay, I got to file some documents. Well, I got to collect all these things, collect all this, and I'm talking to my brother, and he's like, no, you don't have to do any of that. He goes, you need to do that. Right. But take a look at it, too, is you just simply need to have that done. Right. It's just a just the goal. Get it done. Don't worry about all the steps that it takes. You'll overwhelm yourself with the steps. You're going to do the steps because you've simply written down, I have to do this. I like that. There you go. Just go towards that. Just That's go money towards right that. there. Well, hey, random questions. Yep. I don't think we were doing them last time. I love random questions. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm usually the one asking them. <laughs> <laughs> Pet peeves. What hurts the shit out of Ryan? People chewing with their mouth open. Oh. Okay. I can't stand open mouth chewers. If you are one, I, we still love you. But um, yeah, that's one of them. Other, what's well, bass not biting? I don't like bass that don't bite. <laughs> Makes for a long day on the water. Um, I don't like um, the powers above pulling water out of the lakes quicker than they need to. I'm not happy with that one. I could keep. I mean, I could go on all day. Uh, let's see what else. Do I <laughs> we like. could. We could do a whole episode on that. I don't like people that let their dogs bark in the backyard obnoxiously and don't um, correct them or take them inside. I'm just thinking here. Um, I don't like traffic. Oh, I don't like traffic. Uh, Luckily, my commute, and I drive a lot. I mean, right. I spend, lately, I mean, I've been averaging three hours commute time a day, you know, on top of the seven on the water. It, 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 it's a long day. But luckily, my drives are in the country, right? Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of potholes to deal with, but I don't have um, assholes to deal with, which is nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and let's see, what else? What else? Let me think of one more. One more pet peeve. Um... I don't like cold fronts. Uh, I don't like when it's warm one day and cold the next because it makes fishing tough. Really? What oh, do they tend time. to stay more at the bottom then? Ah, they just don't get real active. Your bite windows get shorter. So gotcha. instead of, you know, like on a typical day, you're going to have, call it, three, three good bite windows where you're going to have a good hour and a half, two hours you can catch them throughout the day, um, three times a day. Yeah. Well, now that goes, those three times a day go down to 20 minutes. Gotcha. So it just makes it a lot tougher. Boy, we were out there on a good day. Like I said at the start, my kid, 13 fishes, and I got zero, man. And they'd never done that, <laughs> no. you know? So they, I mean, that was impressive. Yeah. That was impressive. They learned quick. That was a blast. Jason, uh, not, his kids learned quick. <laughs> yeah. Jason's kids learned quick. <laughs> I, mean, I first went fishing at eight, still suck. Uh, um, okay. Uh, they're going to make a movie about your life. Who do you want to play you? I'd like to say Matthew McConaughey, but no, he'd buy that one. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Movie right about not, my life. Why not? All right. I'm all right, here. all right. It'd be a lot cooler if you, you did. did. <laughs> Catch uh, me another bass oh. today. <laughs> Let me think. Um, oh, I think maybe. It depends on what kind of movie. You know, maybe like a. I, I could see maybe Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got yeah. me another. Free. Yeah. Right. I you could. Know, I, I, but I could see him doing that. You know. For yeah. Yeah. I, I could see Seth Rogen. I maybe. could see. Yeah. yeah. All right. Seth would nail it. If uh, anybody wants to make it, I'll play it myself. Just let me know, yeah, Jason. Right? You can there make that go. happen. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. Uh, 
there you're on a, a deserted island you got one movie one music album we'll just go one music artist one movie yeah it's got to be dumb and dumber because i can watch it over and over and over and i love it every time um one music one music artist oh honestly anymore and just because diana and i was so real it's gonna be mercy me okay um the lead singer for mercy me his name is um I, i'm gonna take the whole band okay um diana had never been to a concert 46 years old she had never been to oh, a concert i know I, I tried to give her tickets to concerts. She would never go. Yeah, she didn't. She had somebody that didn't want to do anything. So, <laughs> um, I took her to see Mercy Me at the Save Mart Center, and it was, I, I mean, I, I could just go on and on. But it was that is officially my favorite band. Magical just because moment, of that night. Huh? Oh, dude, awesome, awesome night. I love and it. we will be doing more concerts. Nice. Uh, all right, last one. You could have dinner with any one person, living or not. Who is it, and why? Oh man. Any one person living or not. Oh, I'd have to say grandparents. Yeah. Because I'd add, so that'd be three of them. Because, I mean, yeah, you know, how would, would you not want another night with them? Yeah. But if we're talking like celebrities or, you know, just any, uh, I, man. Or a historical figure. Or I anything. would love to have dinner with Will Ferrell. Really? I'm a huge fan of his, you know, and I've heard he's pretty cool, like in person. He's not yeah. all a, you know, uh, for Vince Vaughn can be kind of standoffish, but kind of just like himself to Vince Vaughn the whole yeah. time, right? We're out there on the water, we're catching all these fishes, baby. Let me tell you, we we pulled in thirteen today. It was awesome, you know. I had the little the little the little hook thing, you know. Uh, Will Ferrell, yeah, I've heard he's pretty intelligent. He's left me guy. in the trenches, John. I'm out here taking grenades. <laughs> I'm out here taking grenades. <laughs> I got one for you. Yeah. Okay, just popped. Up. Money's not an issue. Sure. You can drive any car you want or truck. Oh. What's it going to be? Any car I want. Because nobody ever asked you this, probably. No. I never get asked random questions. Any car, shit, that's tough. Because younger me, when I was a kid, would have been a Lamborghini Countach, but those are total pieces of shit. Right. Uh, I'm probably going to go a Mercedes AMG, the, um, God, what is it, the SLS? I always forget the designation. Classy. The, the black Classy. Uh, edition. It's the total badass two door two-seater you know like 600 something horsepower there you car go. There um, you go. that you know what would be odd no i'm gonna switch it up uh the mercedes um i think it's the the one they built it in conjunction with the uh mercedes amg patronus formula one team so it's got a lot of formula one technology in it and i think they only built like six or seven of them they're like two million dollars there you go i would go that there you go. If I ever hit the lotto, I got you. <laughs> you I'm got me. I mean, I don't play it, but if I ever hit it, yeah. <laughs> if I ever hit it, if I ever hit, I got you covered. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> oh, oh man. Upgrade the pickup truck. You yeah. know what? I'm not. I would never want a fancy car. If really? if we if if we came into a bunch of money where we never had to worry about it again for the rest of our lives tomorrow, I would just probably go. I would go buy a. Um, I'd buy a new Ford F three fifty diesel, yeah. so I could put a cab over camper on that thing, and her, her and I tow the boat around and go fish across the country. Right on. I, I wouldn't want anything. Fa I I just I I would I don't like fancy cars. You know. Yeah. I I I would personally rather like take that money and donate it to help clean up our shithole of a city you, you or said county money around wasn't here. an option that's yeah, all yeah that's but, true that's true that yeah that's but true. you know that's what the true. funny I skirted it the funny thing about that is i would still want like 
the house size that I have. Right. I think you've been to that. I can't remember. But no. You know, four yeah. bedroom. It's it's a decent size. I right. probably reconfigure it a little bit to make some of the bedrooms bigger. Yeah. But uh, with some ranch property or something that I could build a goat cart track or two and and do my archery out there or you know. Uh, oh, it, we, we are gonna we're gonna be getting bows soon, the two of us. So we'll have to go shoot together. Okay. Well, yeah. I got a recurve. So I don't have oh, a compound, but I still got this shoulder issue. I need to get work on that because I want a compound. But yeah, no, I love doing the archery. Just something where I could have some land and peace yeah. and you know stuff like that. But I would much rather give because so I'd have like this right. modest house, and then you go to the garage and yeah, <laughs> dude, isn't this like a two million dollar car? Yeah, and it's yeah. really fun. <laughs> uh, I love that. Well, since uh, last time you were on, you're doing a podcast too. Why don't you tell people where they can get the podcast? More about your uh, the the guides, uh, fishing guide work that yeah. you do. How they can find you and all of it. So we do a um, weekly podcast, which we try to do it every week. Some sometimes we'll do two a week. It's called the Bass Report. Um, on Instagram, you just search the Bass Report. Um, on Spotify, we were on Spotify and Apple yep. Podcast also. Just the Bass Report, really simple. Um, pretty fun podcast. We talked to we we talked to fishermen, mostly bass fishermen. But we talked to everybody. Um, m- my buddy Joel and I do it. Joel actually started it, and then I came on his as his co-host. So we do it together now. He does all the behind the scenes stuff that all the stuff you do because yeah, yeah. I don't know how to. I'm, I'm absolutely stupid when it comes to technology. <laughs> no, barely, you're good with I your fish work, finder. I can barely work my smartphone, man. <laughs> you're good with the fish finder, though. I try. Sometimes it lies to me, though, I'm telling yeah. you. Um, so, really cool podcast. It's fun. It's, you know, we're joking. We're talking trash. You know, um, very informative. Um, it's free. We do have a Patreon set up, but you don't have to do that. Um, people choose to support us because we do a lot of giveaways, that kind of stuff for them. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a money-making thing for us. Um Super fun, super awesome podcast. I think it's an awesome podcast. I might be biased, but uh, check it out at the Bass Report. Um, if you want to follow me, if you're interested in a fishing trip, it is uh, Facebook. Just search Ryan Cook. I also have a business page, Ryan Cook Fishing. I don't do as much on the business page because Facebook has it set up where they want you to pay them for it. I'm not going to unless I have to. So yeah. personal page is just Ryan Cook. Give me a follow. Send me a friend request. Um, my Instagram is Ryan Cook Fishing. And it's, it's, yeah, I mean, you'll see it. It's a picture of Diana and I holding up four uh, beautiful smallmouth from Lake Champlain. So, nice. yeah, and I mean, just, um, I, I, it, it's out there anyway. If you are interested in a trip and you just want to hit me up direct, area code 559-691-7008. And uh, text is best, but if you need to call for some reason, that's fine too. Yeah. Uh you know we being friends outside of this but we see a lot of the struggle that's going on in our community and we know around the world if there's just kind of anything you can lend to people what what might you throw out there oh man um well i'm talking more for the if you're out there list if you're if you're in a bad addiction and wanting help right now you're probably let's be honest they're probably not listening to this podcast right now most likely um but to everybody out there I've said this before. I think I said it on the last one, but this is just so important, Um, especially to the parents out there, the the loved ones of somebody that is struggling. Don't give up on them. You know, don't give up on them. Don't lose hope. It's never too late. It is never, ever too late to turn your life around. Um, I mean, don't don't go throw money at them. Right. Don't keep enabling them. But if they truly want help, get them some help, whatever it may be. Um, Set your boundaries. Be careful, but don't don't give up on them. Um, I've got a friend who um, her sister has been 
they don't even know where she's at. They, they're assuming she's alive, but she's been out there for, oh God, 22, probably 15 years now. Mm. I mean, you know, bet locally. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'll talk to her once in a while and uh, she, you know, they still haven't given up hope, you know, yeah. they're, they're raising her daughter and, and, uh, they have no idea where she's at, but it's, you know, but it, it could happen. You just can't give up hope. So that's number one. Number two, and I've kind of touched on it, but I, it's just so important. But, um, once you do get into re consistency is everything mm -hmm. consistency. I mean, get up, go to work in the morning when you don't want to go to work, right? Uh, put in the time, put, just put in the time, keep, keep grinding. Yeah. You know, I, I can't, I can't stress because you're never going to get to where you want to be when you're doing this. You know, you, you just got to keep climbing, keep climbing. You have a bad day. You have a bad day. Yeah. Don't dwell on that. Yeah. Let the external factors maybe pull you down a little bit, not yeah. yourself. And the other thing is if you are in recovery and you get six months clean, a year clean, and you have a little slip up, don't don't let that ruin it right i mean you've seen it mm -hmm. yeah it gets in your head but you, you can't let that ruin it um everybody gets hung up on going to these meetings and even at your celebrate recoveries that kind of stuff and they're getting their chips right my one year my two year i got i got seven years clean you know and you have a slip up and now you're back to one day and they're like that's in their head for whatever reason that's like it's a huge problem to have you know what maybe that's just a reminder that you need to try a little bit harder that it's just your higher power whoever that may be kind of tapping you on the shoulder going hey let's refocus let's readjust here uh, but the main thing is and i had an old timer tell me this sitting at an aa meeting in atwater one night when i used to go to him he said um i'll tell you who's got the most clean time at this table he said whoever woke up first this morning mm -hmm. and that that stuck with me all these years you know yeah so. what, what time did you wake up this morning? Yeah. Well, I had the day off. Well, I, I got a day off. I, I, I blocked off a day for this, which has actually worked out fine because I, it's hot this week and I've been working too much. Um, I got up about eight. Oh. I, I used to not be able to sleep in, but once I started fishing full so, time, so I get a day off. Jace, I can sleep till like 11. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, so I can't. That's okay. We both have about the same amount of time then. Yeah. Well, there you go. See? <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Thank you, man. I enjoyed the heck out of it.